Hey everybody, you're listening to Breaking PETA with Z. That's me, your host, and this podcast is brought to you by NM Legal Services, which specializes in family law, immigration, estate planning, civil infractions, and traffic violations. Call Netta at 313-554-5566. I'm talking to Mike Ishak. Ishak? Hey. Mike Ishak is a comedian originally from Dearborn, Detroit area. Now lives in the L.A. area. Yay. (laughs) And he's actually an Arab comedian, originally from Yemen. I'm throwing you under the bus. I'm sorry. I mean, if people can see what you look like, you look like an Arab. I'm sorry. No offense. An Arab that's disguised as a Puerto Rican. Definitely not Puerto Rican at all. For sure, man. Come on. No. I go okay. to Puerto Rico. Everyone, everyone just starts speaking Spanish to me. Okay. So, is your name actually Mike, though? Like, is your name Muhammad, and they you just go by Mike? Tell the truth. Nah, man. My name is uh, Michael. My mom. My parents were too pussy to name me Muhammad. <laughs> they were just so too it's pussy. Not like, See, they so were it's like, not like the like, gas station. Yeah. It's not like that. The gas station when you go to the gas station, everybody's named Mike and Al, but their name's really Muhammad Mustafa. Assalam. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, but yeah, no, no, my actual name is Michael. You know what I'm saying? Like, I even had a uh, guy in Palestine ask me. He was kind of like, really, is your name Michael? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what kind of Muslim names their son Michael? And I was like, a smart one. No profiling? <laughs> no profiling. And I, I know I, your net, your I, last I, name's not Ishak. Get out of here. It's it's Hap. You gotta say it oh, right. Oh, now you know how to say it because I taught you before you hit record. You guys should have heard the way she was saying it before. She sounded like a, a white girl desperately trying to be cool with brown people. All right. So tell me how you got started in comedy. Uh, well, it really started because I was in the military. And when I got out of the Marines, uh, um, I, ended up get, I ended up having this really good job at Detroit Diesel because uh, I was a diesel mechanic in the Marines working on tanks. And uh, when we got... Um, and then I got laid off because the economy tanked in the early 2000s. And then that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to take an acting class. I've always wanted to take an acting class. I've never actually done it before. So I took it. And then me and this one guy, Adam, who's, who's a great friend of mine right now. Uh, he actually lives out here in L.A. too now. Um, we were the class clowns in this, these drama classes, Okay. We were the fucking jockey. Everyone has, we give everyone a nickname. We'd fucking just rip on everyone, just constantly making people laugh and stuff. And then uh, he decided he wanted to go to Second City to study improv. And then he asked me, hey, man, you want to go take a class with me? And I was just like, fuck it. Let's take a class. And then when I took that class, that was the beginning. As soon as I did that, I was like, fuck regular theater. I just started doing comedy. Do you usually swear this much in your comedy? No. No. (laughs) <laughs> this is just regular mike <laughs> yeah i like to cuss i'm very i'm very comfortable i couldn't right tell i couldn't tell i know i mean i'm in my apartment you know it's like i'm in that quarantine mode there's no rules now no there's no rules how did your family feel about you doing comedy <clears throat> and not being a doctor oh man my dad was always the ball buster about that shit like, not respecting me wanting to do anything, like, acting-wise or anything in entertainment. My mom, on the other hand, was very supportive. So, my mom's side of the family, they're all about it. They're like, just do what you got to do. Yeah. 
So I'm very fortunate with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did it ever make you feel bad? Like did getting what? your balls busted about it? Like, did it ever make you like second guess it at all? Oh, from my dad? Absolutely. Cause he's just constantly trying to steer me away from that shit. Like one time, like I, I was always, I was always creative. I was always somebody that did some type of creative something. I was drawing a picture or teaching myself how to DJ. Like I remember when I was a kid, I wanted to learn how to DJ and stuff. And I had to like get my own equipment and, and my dad was just on my ass calling me a loser and telling me that this is nothing and you're just wasting your time and this is going to amount to nothing. And so he steered me off that fucking path, which is like completely fucked up, you know? Yeah. And then I remember he told me like one time I was going to go to a DJ competition and I had my records ready and I was going to run up the door to go to this thing. And he was like, where are you going? And I'm going, I'm going to a DJ competition. And then he grounded me on the spot. Oh, my God. He grounded me on the spot. He's like, I'm, I'm saving your life. He goes, You're, you can't be a DJ. All DJs do drugs, is what he said. Oh, that's nice. So you know what I ended up doing after that? Drugs? I started selling drugs to my friends. It was kind of like, okay, fuck you. I'm yeah. just going to fucking, I'm going to sell and do drugs. That's so funny. But what I didn't about, do anything hard. It was just weed. I mean, you're smoking weed right now. I'm done, actually. I'm oh, okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. You're already high. <laughs> Got it. Mike Eshock, everybody. Hi. Coming hi to you from Los Angeles. Hi. <laughs> okay, so your dad disapproved of comedy, but you went ahead and, like, went through with it anyway. Why? Because fuck him. That's a good reason. Yeah, you know, one time I got asked, because I, I created a web series that got, like, really popular in Dearborn. It's called Cribs, Arab-American Style. Yeah. And, uh, and that thing really, like, circulated around the Arab community and stuff. So that kind of, like, really put people in Dearborn in the know of who I am. And then I got reached out uh, by this, uh, this, this Muslim teacher who teaches at there's – a, there's a Muslim school on Schaefer, right? Okay. It's like a high school. Do you know that place? It's, like, next to Access. Yeah, the AIA, right? the American Islamic Academy. That's it. Right. So they asked me to go there and she she told me she was like, I I know that you guys are artists because she brought two other Arabs from Dearborn that are also in art like Mike Masalam. I don't know if you know Mike Masalam. Mm-hmm. So then me and him were like there and the lady was telling she told us she's like, I just want you to like inspire these kids to do something else. She goes, all of them are being forced by their parents to either be a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah. And some of these kids is actually ruining them. They're just not happy. And I just wanted them to see other Arabs that could, uh, you know, inspire them and stuff. So one of the questions that came up was, what do I got to do if my if my if my mom and dad doesn't support me wanting to become an artist or something that's not a doctor or whatever? And, you know, Mike Masalam and, and the other guy, you know, just gave the type of answer that you would give if every woman Muslim in your family was there watching you giving that answer. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I just went, okay, that's cool. I go, how old are you? And she's like, she was like 16. I go, you have two years to listen to your parents. After that, do what you want. Yeah. And the whole fucking class was like, what? <laughs> what? And then I fucking like, and then Mike Basalam and the other guy was just kind of like, oh no, I wouldn't do that. And I was like, no, yes, I would do that. I go, once you become an adult, it's your life. They brought you in this world. Now it's your life. You don't have to live your life for what they want. You know? 
And the teacher at the end told me she fucking loved it. She was like, I'm so glad you said that. At first, yeah. I thought I was going to get in trouble. But, yeah. So, in the end, it's like, yeah, you know. I, I'm, I've never been one to really care what my family thinks. Yeah, that's good. You know. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't, I don't go out of my way to, like, offend them or anything like that. Yeah, you know, of course. I still have a good relationship with them. I just, yeah. just let them know you can't tell me anything. Yeah, this is my life. Yeah. So how did you make it bigger? Because I know you travel, you're in LA, you do different shows across the country and even like internationally, right? Well, the, the stand-up comedy thing was sort of a, an accident that just came out of nowhere that I ended up getting hooked, hooked on because uh, I started off as an improviser, as I told you, in, in Dearborn, I mean, in, in, in Detroit. And then uh, like I, I started picking up a camera when I was doing improv because there was like nobody with cameras and editing equipment at the time. So I bought me a laptop and a camera, and then I started teaching myself filmmaking. Then I started getting really good at it. And it, like I started like getting gigs and like doing some like weddings or like uh, bands would need promo material or whatever, you know, type of corporate like type gigs around the Detroit area. But I really wanted to like make movies and stuff. Um, so then like, you know, I started off doing comedy, but then I really started like really putting my head in filmmaking. Then I created that Cribs movie that kind of gave me some some um, inspiration attention yeah. you know and then from there i parlayed it to a web series that i called the ed and mo show which is about these two losers from dearborn that are trying to start a business from one of the guy's grandmother's garage okay and the that web series got me a job here in la to produce for history channel on a show called swamp people oh very and then, cool and then when i was producing that show on history channel uh I realized that, you know, I didn't want to lose my comedy chops, so I tried to do improv out here. But in L.A., it's, like, really hard to get people to, like, get out and mobilize as a group. Yeah. So then I realized, I was like, it was impossible for me to, like, get on stage as often as I wanted to because in improv, you have to rely on other people. So I didn't want to lose my comedy chops while I was producing reality TV, so I went to um, an open mic. And I was like, you know what, I might as well just keep my comedy sharp by just spitting it into this microphone instead of doing scenes on stage and then i found out i was better at stand-up than i was at improv and then i just got hooked that's awesome so do you use your arab history slash origin slash upbringing in your comedy yeah absolutely i mean i try not to make it all my set i think maybe about a third of my set you know Definitely has things pointed towards me being Arab, especially me being Arab, Muslim, United States Marine, eats bacon. You know, there's a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> What's your what do you think is your favorite joke that you make involving being all of that? Well, this is uh, this uh, like in the middle of my set. I like uh, I'll let the audience know that I was a United States Marine. So, like, as soon as I say, I'm a, I don't know, I'm a United States Marine, obligatory, people just start applauding. Like, Americans are trained to do that now. Yeah. As <clears throat> soon as you say anything about the military, oh, you better be clapping, otherwise you're fucking not patriotic, you know? So, like, I, I tell everyone, hey, I'm a United States Marine, and then the audience will really clap, and they'll be like, yeah, and I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then it dies down, and I go, and I'm a Muslim, silence. And I go, exactly. <laughs> and then that kills them again, too. 
A little bit about myself. I served four years in the Marine Corps. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm a Muslim, exactly. Hey, try being a Marine with this fucking face. People will say dumb shit to me all the time. Like one time this girl was like, wow, you're a Marine? Wait a minute. United States Marines? No, bitch, ISIS Marines. And then you bring up the bacon eating. Yeah, man, I love bacon. I just had some right now before we talked. You're pretty much forbidden. You're haram. I am. I'm 100% haram. Any, any, any Muslim people listening to this, you know, just stop listening. Just stop listening. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be offended. You know what I'm saying? I'm like not your. He typical... eats the pig. <laughs> yeah, I eat the pig. You know what's funny, man? It's like it's one thing I don't understand about religion. Like religion is definitely not something that I like take seriously you know to me it's like i see so many people being so dumb with their religion like someone get mad at me for eating bacon if i eat bacon what's what's happening i'm fucking taking in protein and healthy fats and these motherfuckers are smoking like three packs of cigarettes a day and not even thinking twice about that shit yeah i have two uncles that died of lung cancer and they can't even fucking get it through their head that which is haram bro which one is it man i have fucking muscles you're dead you're lucky you're a comedian. You can get away with this kind of comments. I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. I learned two things from eating bacon as a Muslim. One, I learned that bacon goes really well with pancakes. <laughs> Had no idea. And two, Islam's wrong. <laughs> About bacon. <laughs> fucking assholes i'm not trying to say the whole religion's wrong i know you've performed in like areas that are like extremely white or extremely right-winged um do you get different yeah, reactions do you yeah do you like that do you get different reactions with that one you know um because i have that i have that joke about trump that's like pretty uh kind of offensive depending on who you ask like after that school shooting in florida last year there was a police officer outside with a gun and he didn't go in to help those kids he ran away and trump got on tv and he said if i was there i would have ran into that school even if i didn't have a gun and i was like that would have been great <laughs> You should have done that, bro. You should have done that. Hey, listen, guys. It's a joke, okay? It's a joke. It's a joke, okay? It's a joke. If anybody got offended, it's a joke. I don't want the president to die like that. The majority of people can take a joke. Yeah. Every once in a while, you're going to get this fucking idiot in the audience that has no business being in a comedy club, let alone being alive, to be honest. And then you just got to deal with it. Like, I had one guy in Sacramento try to get up and fight me. Oh, my God. About what? The Trump joke? The Trump joke. As soon as I did it, he fucking was like, what? And then he, like, did the fake standing up, you know, so his wife could hold him back type shit. And I was like, oh, my God.
It's funny. That's but funny. yeah, 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 I don't know. But um, Do people react I, weird when you tell them that you're Muslim and Arab? No, not, really. not at all. Not really, no. I, that's that's why like I have another part of my 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 set where you know I talk about how times have changed for Arabs. It's like it's not the same anymore. Like we're not we're not the fucking boogeyman on the news anymore. Now it's white people and Corona. Yeah, but now it's white people's turn, man. And I, you know now white people, you guys are starting to realize how like the media can have a, a like they can just twist people's perception of you. Like now, all of a sudden, the media is painting white people as racist. Everything white people do makes them racist. I think it's fucked up. But I tell you what, propaganda is a motherfucker because it works. Because now I don't even look at my white friends the same anymore. <laughs> you know, like now there's things that white people do that instantly make me think that you might be racist, even if you're not racist. Like picture a white guy, okay? He's not racist. But he's wearing camouflage. Racist. <laughs> he's a sports fan. Doesn't watch basketball. Racist. <laughs> Hockey fan. Super racist. <laughs> it's messed up. Everything you do as a white guy makes you racist now. Like if I see a white guy in a pickup truck, maybe racist. <laughs> truck is lifted, 100% racist. <laughs> Truck has lawn chairs, he's KKK. If the truck has truck nuts, you're the grand wizard of the KKK. Anything else you want to add? <laughs> um Yeah, follow me online. I'm Mike from Detroit on everything. Airy Tang. On Air Tang. Yeah, Air Tang. All right, Mike, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And don't forget to check out NM Legal Services. Call Ned at 313-554-5566. And check out Mike from Detroit. I know you're on Instagram, YouTube, right? Twitter? Pornhub. Pornhub. All right. Okay. <laughs> We're not sending people to Pornhub. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to see what's on there. I don't want to see what's on there. Even MikeFromDetroit.com. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you, Z.